This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Sweden's Falconer will release their new album, From a Dying Ember, via Metal Blade Records. Mixed and mastered by Andy LaRoque, From a Dying Ember is a folk power metal smash that will surely please old and new fans alike. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash falconer. Once again, metalblade.com slash falconer. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petr Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, how's everybody going out there? It is I, your host, Petra Spych. I am always joined by... I am Sir Brandon Hahn, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at your buddy Gooch. And... Sylvia. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at It's the Sylvia. Make sure to follow other co-hosts, Jocelyn Sharp, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N. If you guys want to follow me, I am on Facebook and Twitter at Rise to Offend. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, I finally get to chat with Sharon Den Adele from Within Temptation. We're here to talk about primarily their standalone single, Entertain You. The video is out right now. The single's out right now. If you guys haven't checked it out, make sure you do. But before the interview, guys, let's discuss a little bit about the Metal Sucks news this week. News. Okay. So, Brandon, you redid that one. No, we just kept it. <laughs> That was really sexy. Yeah. So funny that you chose. I mean, we're, we're talking something serious here. So I'm, I'm glad that you, your news came in. The first story, guys, that we have to talk about and us here in the room, we're, we're not. Oh, we don't get excited to talk about politics, you know, a lot of times. But something happened out here in the States. Um, there was a murder of a African-American man by another police officer in Minneapolis, as many people have seen, heard. The video isn't just heartbreaking. It's heart-wrenching. It's, it's, not even, it, it's inhumane if you guys um, take the time to watch it or listen to any of the audio. And uh, there's riots and protests happening as we're recording the show. Unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, rock and metal celebrities, they all reacted on Twitter. You guys can go see that what they said. You can go to Metal Sucks. They compiled kind of the stories. But universally, it's... Um, it's pretty much all the same. There's not really a lot of people that are going to be siding with the police officer in this situation. And I do say police officer um, directly to one guy. There was four or five cops there at the time. But I think the, uh, the altercation, the way it went down, the way we saw it, um, man, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for us like, to, to comment on things like this because... For someone like me, as you guys know me pretty well, you know, I, I'm more of a listener. You know, I listen to the people that this affects. I listen to the way that um, because I'm not in Minneapolis, I'm not in this altercation, I'm not in this situation. I don't have uh, any direct relations, so I just have to listen and learn. You know, and then my contribution to society is my children, and I need to teach them to be like, look, this is not how you handle things. That's how I feel. Um, I do any change in the future. That's, that's the only route I feel that I can do that is by making sure I teach my children, you know, hate, racism, all these things are unacceptable in this world. It's a colorblind world. The thing that is harder for me to, to do is not relate to every character or every aspect to this. I relate to the people. I've heard people say, oh, there's riots. They're burning down targets and Arby's. I relate to that. 
if I was 20 years old and I'm like, come get me cop. You think you can kill me because I knocked down a fucking window. I'm going to knock down a fucking window. I relate to those guys at that age. At this age, I don't because I'm older. Mm -hmm. I'm wiser, you know? Um, but at that age, it makes sense to me. Every aspect of the story and every reaction that the humans are doing makes sense to me all the way through, you know? And with that, when you sit back and you listen and you kind of watch, you always have that optimism of, oh, we're going to learn from this and we're going to get better and better. And then there's certain things that happen. You're like, damn it. And then the pessimism comes in like, are we? Or are we just going to do this again? Oh, we're going to do it again several times See? over. And that's I don't where think it's ever going to end. See, I, I disagree. Man, I disagree. I, don't. Um, I, I think I, I, just, I just ever since the first one, it's just rage and rage and rage and news and news and news. And, and now the news is making more yeah. money off of the rage. It's uh, this is never going to end. Hmm. Well, it, it will end if we as a culture, as a world, even, you know, um, take people as individuals and, and don't group them into lumped areas lumped cultures, all that stuff. You realize every person with a, a different outlook or different upbringing is still an individual and still has their own lessons and still has their own um, teachings for us that they went through. I think if we, we, we stop lumping people in groups continually, when I, when I see the news and I'm like, African-American this, white male this, Asian-American this, it's like, I don't like that. I'm like, because you can lump everybody together by the color of skin, but that's the most racist That's the most racist thing that you, can, you can possibly yeah. have. And we accept that as a culture. We accept that as, as news channels when they lump everybody together because of the color of skin, even though they have completely different upbringings to completely different lives. You know, man, woman, I, I don't think you should uh, even lump man, woman together, you know? That's where this gender identity uh, thing is changing for the world, is that we, we just have to look at the individual. There's an individual here that's arrested and charged with murder that was clearly in the wrong, you know? And that, to me, from someone sitting back and watches, I'm glad that happened, you know? Um, so now we need to trust our justice system, which also we're very pessimistic about as a culture, you know, uh, to do the right thing here. And like I said, us here at the Metal Sucks Podcast and us, you know, here in the States, there are more lives getting lost as these protests and riots are happening in certain areas. There was an officer that was killed in one area in the States. There was an innocent person protesting killed in another area in the States um, currently while we're recording this. And, and more yeah. people may lose their lives as this thing goes on. Um, just always, the message is always going to come back to respect the individual, respect the human being. And when there is an injustice, you know, stand up for what's right you know by creating more injustices i understand the emotion i understand the rage when you when it fails as many times as, as, as it has let's just say and we've seen it here uh, in the states and, and probably across the world fail many times you forget how many times it worked out and how many people were saved you know you forget the other side of the fence which is maybe the majority and what i mean by that is is, is that when people that are in thankless jobs, whether it be a firefighter, a police officer, a military man. You know, we'll always see the story of the military man that kills an innocent child, but we rarely see the story of when they saved innocent people, mm -hmm. you know, and, and vice versa. So the individuals in this thing, there's a true tragedy with what, what happened to George Floyd, and there's a man arrested and charged with murder. Everybody else, now that we're part of this narrative, hopefully we step back and, and, and we see the system do what it's supposed to do, and we learn. We don't learn from fear, and we don't learn from anger, and we don't learn from rage. We learn from intelligence. We learn from well, 
Unfortunately, though, that's not what Americans gravitate towards. They only gravitate towards emotion. That's it. Intelligence? Are you kidding me? This is America. So it's like you have been raised with this uh, sense of superiority, and then somebody's going to come along and tell you that, wait a minute, you might be wrong here. What are you talking about? You know, and then people just get angry. That's just... That's how this country works. They've been, ever since they realized how strong the media was, they've been using that to their advantage. And they're just yeah. going to keep people angry at each other. And again, they're going to keep lumping in groups and not looking at individuals. And we're, I, I don't know if we're ever going to get past If this. we accept that, if you're saying the media antagonizes individuals and, and groups and all that stuff, if, if we accept that as a culture, then yeah, we're not going to learn. But and it's it's how people take it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, well, they want. I mean, you, you, hate is a comfort. I mean, I mean, getting up and and being cynical and anger, it's a comfort. And, and if I, you learn that by looking at the media in a certain way and looking for stories that are gonna make you mad, and we all have someone, we all have stories in this room that would infuriate us if we searched for them, and we'd find them daily, right? Especially with our phones. Yep. So if you find that comfort in anger, rage, outrage, cynicism, if you find that comfort, which you're right. The media might be selling. We're buying. Yeah. If they're antagonizing, we're good. Well, the problem is, though, is now it's funny because when you blast the media, it's like everybody says the media paints them out in a negative light. Everybody. Doesn't matter what group you belong to. They will always say the media is, is coming after me. And then that's why I don't understand why more people can't, why the silent majority can't stand up and just go, all right, look, enough is enough. Let us be the voice. I think the silent majority does say enough is enough, but you got to understand that if there's... But they're not angry. If there's 350 million people in America and 3 million love CNN and 4 million love Fox News, that's 7 million people. All those people that stay out of it, sit back and listen and live their life without letting it kind of involve them, you don't know about them. But that's what I'm saying. But life keeps going positively for the majority of people in this country. Life keeps going forward and and people are happy in this country. So you got to realize the silent majority doesn't have a spotlight because maybe they're not buying into it. But this is the problem though. Anytime somebody speaks out against the extremes, and I'm using the extremes as these are the people they are putting on the news constantly. We want the extremes. No, we do not want the extremes. No, no, no. You're talking about the consumer because we accept the extremes. We accept news in a 24-hour cycle. We accept it as fast as possible without all the facts. We accept every... We, we, we accept we accept yes. a picture and we create the dialogue between the people like a comic book. Yeah. And that's what we do. And then we put it out there on Facebook. We put it out there in social media. We don't get all the facts before it's commented on. It. Yeah. And then people, more people yeah. look at that so we lack do, of information. And then they spread all that all lack of information and, and all that spread. Exactly. And that lack of information being first, being the first to comment on it, all that stuff, what that does is make them feel important. It's a selfish way to tell a story, but we have that power through social media. So, and we want it. We don't want to give it back. We want it. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. The consumer wants the world in a way to burn when you stop and think about it. But in actuality, the people that aren't consuming this nonsense, that don't have a voice, that live the day-to-day life, ignore it. But you're forgetting. See, this is the thing. Why I would like to see the more rational voice be the leader, uh, it'll never happen in this day and age because the, the rational voice understands that the opposition might have some truth in what they're saying. But when you're so enraged, and I'm talking both sides, when you're enraged in both sides, you don't even want to entertain the fact that the other side might have a point. You just want to make sure that they're, that everybody on your side 
is still busy hating them because there's money in it. And we, we as Americans, we fall for it daily. We fall for it daily. I see so many stories where when I see it, I go, what the fuck? And then I do immediately from the headline, immediately from the headline, it gets you. It's clickbait. (laughs) And then you read the story and you get madder. Yeah, exactly. And you know what happens? I read the story. Then I go, that's what it was. Now I'm pissed off at Yahoo and CNN and Fox (laughs) News. Because it's all clickbait and it's a way to get money. And then it's you... Uh, contributed to like giving them money because you clicked on their uh, yes, on their yes. uh, page. Yeah, exactly. And it's and like now and, they have a page and, view. And that, here's the thing: I do not jump on that shit anymore. I don't. The majority don't. I no. Here's the thing, though, bro. I am out of touch. Like I don't know what's going on in the world right now until somebody's like, "Yo, did you see this shit?" And then now I have to go do a little bit of research mm-hmm. on it. But it's like. I am completely out of touch. But I don't know what's do going res- on. Even when you do research, you have to kind of like be careful about what you're reading. Yeah. If you read something a day before, it's all different the next yeah, day. That's what I'm getting yeah. at. And so you, you stop when you read. Say you read it on a Tuesday and you don't read again till Friday. You're regurgitating old news dude, that isn't even true. But yeah. this is the thing, dude. It's <laughs> yeah. like what will happen is, is I'll see something. Like Let's just say an incident happened. And then like four days later, uh, you'll see a, retali- a, like a retaliation. Mm-hmm. And you'll read the retaliation before the actual, you're like, hey, wait, what, what happened? And mm-hmm. then now I got to go dig to find out what fucking happened. It's like, it's like you've, they, what they've done is they've made it even more difficult for people to do their research. And they've even made it more difficult for people to get truth out of that research because everybody that's posting these articles is putting their own political spin, their on, spin on it. Yeah. So it's like where, where there is no truth. The only truth I know right now in, at this very moment is Sylvia and Pete are in a room with me and we are talking. That's the only truth I can give you right now, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, and, and, and when you watch, when you just watch all these people just getting manipulated in certain ways and getting manipulated by certain leaders, it's like these people, they're getting paid for this. You're, you're, and what you're, I think you're saying is that everybody has an individual agenda yes. when the focus should be on the tragedy. The focus should be and on the tragedy. And, and, and I, I think that's where we're going with that. And I mean, dude, like, I, and for me, cause I don't want to be a cynical person. I love positivity and you know me well, I, I don't, I can't be- help it. I know. I, I don't, I don't believe in core things. I don't believe in them. Like we all choose our belief systems, what we believe. Like, you know, I believe that love, art, all these things matter more than for example, truth. Justice. I don't believe in justice. I've, I've stopped believing in justice when I was 24 years old. I was like, I don't believe in justice. You know, if someone went, went out there and killed my kid and then they went to jail the rest of their life, there's no justice for me. I can't get back what I lost. You know, that altercation has ruined my life for me. That's the way I see it. So I live in a society where I'm like, I just need to know the rules. I need to know the score and I can't feel helpless. The problem is with the news cycle, I feel helpless all the time because I can't get the correct information. And I just feel everybody's trying to push me to think the way they want this group think push of like, no, think like me so I can talk to you about it. And it's like, I'm not going to talk to you about it because I don't know the information. I'm just going to listen. And by sitting back and listening, though, you feel more and more helpless. Because you're like, now I feel like everybody feels like I'm not participating. Like I'm not part and of you this you need all. to have an opinion. But you, like, you're forced to have an yeah. opinion opposed to being like, let me just listen to the victims. Let me just let them be the voice. But we can't do that anymore. You know what? Because really they're not sad? loud because they're broken at the time. You know what was really yeah. sad? And this is, this is one of the most beautiful things out of tragedy that I've ever seen. You read that story about the female cop that broke into that guy's apartment thinking he was a bad guy mm-hmm. and shot him. Okay. She went to jail. She ended up getting uh, convicted. And at her trial, 
that man's brother stood up and hugged her in front of everybody. Afterwards, I saw people that were mad at him. They were angry at him. Why aren't you, why are you hugging this woman? Why, why, because that's what solves this. Showing somebody that regardless of how much you've taken from me, I still have love and I want to show the world that this is the only way we can fix this is, is a beautiful thing. And then you had people that were, actually, that were against the cop that hated this young man just because he showed that, that level of compassion. And, yeah. the, and that's the only way we move on is when people end up being the bigger person. We've gotten away from turn the other cheek. We've gotten away from no, being we, the bigger person. But we haven't. Here, here, when Dylan Roof shot up that church, okay, a racist guy, straight up, those people stood there, the victims, and forgave him to his face. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. When this happened with George Floyd, some people rioted. That's what I mean. You see what I'm saying? They tore down places. They were angry. They didn't forgive this guy. The point is, is that the news is lumping in both of those people as one by saying that's African what I'm getting Americans. at. They're making it too simple. This is not the world we live in. But my the thing people is- that can forgive Dylan Roof while he's sitting there in front of a judge after he murdered people because he's a piece of shit fucking racist. Okay. Are not the same as the people that are full of anger. See what I'm saying? You're right. And it's, it's, there's two emotions. There's forgiveness and but my anger. Point, but, but what, but uh, what, what upsets They're me both though human. is, but what upsets me is, is what sells the anger. Well, is no, what I just, sells. that's what going back full that's circle to the comfort. That sells. That's comfortable to people. They're taught cynicism. They're taught not to love. They're taught that. That's why it's comfortable. So they're looking for anger. They're look, you search for that shit, bro. You search for it. I know. That's what I'm trying to say. So if you search for it and you're full of it and then something like this happens, God damn it, I'm going to burn down a fucking Arby's. And I would. Yeah. You have to make yourself level-headed and you have to realize that there are, there's a patience to everything. And on top yeah. of that you know? too, look at, and just like you said, man, there's a reason why you don't see 40-year-olds out there doing it. It's all young people who don't realize the consequences of their actions. Mm-hmm. They and don't I don't judge it. them whatsoever because, like I said, if Again, I was there, I would I'd probably there. do this. That's what I'm getting at. Same like, fucking thing. When you're 20 there's no years judging old, there. When yeah. you're 20 years old, you feel like you are charged with, you have to do something. You have to do something. It's like their responsibility. It's your it's, responsibility yeah. to get out there and do something. Make a difference. You're an important person. You're Make the, a difference. You're the young generation. Exactly. You're going to be a great leader one day okay that's what happens when you get older you end up realizing that you fuck your cause up more than you hurt it by opening by simply opening your mouth you, you, you i mean you learn from your mistakes and when you pick a side you have to do it with a level headed and that's you know? another thing yeah. too when the older you get you end up realizing when you're how younger impor- you make those mistakes and the, and the thing is yeah. too is when you're younger you have enough you have enough people that have that same mindset they don't they have the same amount of life experience as you so the wisdom is going to be lower so the, so the idea of going out there and doing something there's going to be a lot more pats on the backs there's going to be a lot more high fives mm-hmm. but again when you're 40 years old number 1 you take into consideration if i loot if i go do something now i have my a house of my own now i have kids how is Who's, that going to affect exactly who's really going to get hurt if i get busted now 
Who's really going to get hurt? But that's why you need the youth to do this. No, I know. You know but, but, I mean, just on, on, the, on the hindsight. Well, the, move, the, the youth pushes us forward. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. The youth pushes us forward. When we were young, we pushed us yes. forward. And it's, you know? it's, the youth pushes us forward, but it's up, to the, it's up to the wise to grab the youth and go, hold on a second, Mustang. Hold on a second. Mm. We, 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 we went too far. And unfortunately, look, the youth is what takes over Twitter. The youth is on Facebook. The youth is, is all over YouTube. You know, these are the new celebrities nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're when you're young, I don't give a shit what you tell me when you, I'll debate you all day long. I can guarantee you you're only debating what you read in a book. You're only debating me on what you saw in a movie and you're not debating me on life experience. I mean, that's extremely valid. And from my perspective, I think that's the main thing is that those with life experience, if we listen to them. You know, we, but who wants to listen to the old? <laughs> Shut up, old man! Like, dude, who boomer. wants to listen to the old? Yeah, boomer. If there was anything yeah. that have ever been proven to me in my life, ageism is real. But, but my <laughs> thing is, though, do not. But my thing is, though, is another thing too. Is like, look, stop. I want to tell these young people in 2020, this is not 1960. This is a different time. Mm-hmm. This is a different time that we're living in you, now. You go back to the book thing. Yeah. If you lived in 1960 and you lived in now, then your perspective is true. If you saw it in a movie or read a book, then I'm sorry, but there is a, there history gets re, refined and revision, you know, a little, a little revisionist yeah, yeah. to it. So, Hey, but you know what? The, if that passion, if that brings the passion for them to, to go to an extreme level, to do what's going to be right in the long run, again, I'm for it. All but the point is, is that if you're harming others to get your point across, that's where it's wrong. That's, that's where it's wrong. You can't do that. And I'm going to say this. And again, I know I just sounded like I shit it on the youth. Um, the youth is why women are allowed to vote. The youth is why their their racism as far as on paper, as far as on laws has been eradicated. You know what I mean? The youth is why we've made such major strides as a society. But at the same time, gay marriage, all these things that happen in yes, our lifetime, these are, these are all things responsible for you the could youth. not explain to us at 25 years old. Why can't gay people get married? Right. Like back in there, like because because works. You know, like, right. Explain this to us. This makes no sense yeah. to us. And and you're right. The youth are always like, no, 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 no. Our generation, you guys all due respect. You learned your shit. That's the way you learn. Our generation is going to learn it and we're going to go this way with it. And that's, that's, that's the truth. You know, that's, that's the truth. And with that, us here at the podcast, we know guys, it's, it's almost, it, we, we felt like we'd be doing a disservice if we just started to discuss Carrie King buying a home out here in Las Vegas with us with that guys. Uh, again, we try not to get too intense or political on the show, but this is not something that we needed to gloss over. So it was a, just a discussion. None of us are experts. We're all heartbroken for what's happened out there, uh, to George Floyd. That's and horrible. we need, you know, we, we like everybody else, we want justice and we're glad to know that the cop at the time has uh, been arrested and charged with murder. So with that, guys, let's jump into a funner time frame when I get to interview right here, Sharon from Within Temptation. I got to tell you, like, this is this is what just happened before the interview. So my mom got bit by a scorpion in my my porch like two days ago, and I never had scorpions like around me or in my house or anything like that. And so we took her to the doctor and I mean, it was 24 hours and she got better, but her arms were numb. You know, I can't even go in the hospital. So I'm like waiting outside. It's horrible. And so I I have two kids. I got small kids. I got a nine month year old and a four year old. And I'm like, the scorpion thing is serious. Have you ever ever dealt with scorpions before? Or I'm not sure. Yeah, I did. Yeah, because I lived in Yemen for a certain time in my youth. 
Oh. For my father's work. And we had small scorpi scorpions. And they were just above the bathtub. They were in, yeah, in the machine somewhere. And the, in, in the, between the, behind the wall, there were cracks in the wall, apparently. And there were scorpions in there. And they would drop into the bathtub while we were uh, bathing, of course. Uh, <laughs> so, but... Um, they were very, it was like a nest, and I think what I, what I remember of it was like they were still so small that they, they, wouldn't, they couldn't hurt us. But of course, if there is a, you know, a nest, then there is a mommy somewhere, and <laughs> don't, know, yeah, don't know how that works exactly, but that's what I remember of, uh, of years and years ago. And you can't, like, uh, I, I called an exterminator, like, we can't get rid of scorpions, because they have some sort of exoskeleton, he was telling me, and I'm like, okay. And uh, so, okay. so, but exactly what you said is that he told me that they go to the water sources. So if there's a water source, they'll be attracted to it for some reason. So in my mind, I'm like, yeah. okay, the sprinkler's outside. Let me turn this off. But I got glue traps and I'm like, all right, let me just put them like underneath the dishwasher by the sinks and just make sure. And I got like a black light to check the kid's room to make sure there's no, because <laughs> they glow in the dark. And I, and I oh really? I didn't know that either. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? And I go in the the bathroom just five minutes before the interview, and there is a scorpion the size of my thumb on the glue trap. And I'm no. like, yeah. So I'm like, I got a problem. <laughs> I got a problem. I am scared. <laughs> so, yeah, I can imagine. Oh man. Oh my god. So uh, Metal Sucks podcast. Everybody got Sharon from Within Temptation on the show. Uh, my mom got bit by a scorpion. That's where we started the interview. That's where we're gonna go. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anyways, but you never got bit because uh, I also heard because I've been doing I've been going down the scorpion rabbit hole is that the little ones they'll sting you harder. So when you were talking about like where the mother is, I hear the little ones they don't know how to do the venom, so they'll just attack. Oh really? I thought they never had venom. Maybe oh. the, 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 the the ones we had. I don't know. They're all but, different. You yeah. know, um, maybe it was just my parents like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll be fine. My parents were like that. Like, okay, don't make anybody scared. You know, and just uh, say it's less worse than it is, and then you know everybody will stop talking about it. But they were checking every time we, we took a bath, like, okay, are there any scorpions in the bath, you know? <laughs> yes. That's me now. I'm looking yeah. everywhere. I'm looking on walls. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I, I mean, I'm, I, it, you know when you, you – <laughs> I remember watching that movie Arachnophobia as a kid. And I always thought something was crawling on me. I don't know if you remember that. I feel like something's crawling on me constantly right now in my home. Yeah, Anyways. I can imagine. Yeah, it, it makes you feel iffy, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> – we are here to talk about um, the new single you guys just released, Entertain You. Um, great track. Um, surprise, we didn't know the single was coming, so that was really cool that you guys did uh, release it during this time. Tell us a little bit about this song, if you may, because I know lyrically that um, when I read the press release that it had something, it kind of had the inspiration behind the um, the individualistic society that we're kind of living in and growing up in right now. Yeah, exactly. Well, what the song is about, the lyrics anyway, is, is the urge to satisfy our personal needs, to well, feel good about ourselves, I guess. And we do that sometimes without thinking, always pointing at people who are different uh, than the majority of our society, I think. And, um, and we sometimes, without thinking about the consequences, we use them as entertainment or, you know, we see it as a form of entertainment in a way, I guess. It's, you know, like uh, somebody who's get beat up and we have this a lot uh, happening in uh, where I live. It's like when people get beat up sometimes, other people start filming it and without, instead of thinking, oh, maybe we should help this person. Everybody's thinking, oh, I'll take my mobile phone out and I'll film it and that's good for the police to have and everything. But if 10 people are filming it and nobody's helping eventually, 
that what that's the thing that happens a lot nobody uh hardly anyone takes steps when something like this happens so it's a little bit like frustration about that now seeing this happen uh probably will help happen also in other countries like people are starting to film everything they see because they think it's interesting or nice to share to share with their friends but a lot of times also these kind of uh, things that happen on the street and i think um that's what we're talking about you know that this, this is a possibility that that's happening in our society now you know that this technology but uh yeah also raising awareness you don't awareness of the fact you don't have to film everything maybe should help instead you know it's like uh, and and also that the fact that um that that's one side of the story and the other side of the story is that a lot of times we're afraid of everybody who's different of course and that's something of all times and it will be like this in the future as well but now and then it's good to address this problem and talk about it with each other i think Absolutely. No, I think that's great because like you said, it, it, when you're, when you, whenever I see a video like this, first off, I won't watch them. I'm kind of not into that, but I, I know there's an audience out there, a huge audience for exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and I always, in my mind, it's always supply and demand. Why does the consumer want to see someone get hurt in a road rage situation or whatever situation yeah. that comes for? I always wonder about that. I'm like, where did we go wrong where you look less human now because we have this camera in our pocket? Um, exactly you know and 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 I wonder if that's what it is is that do you feel that maybe we as a society and we're just speculating people we're just talking we don't know but do you feel we yes exactly we're no experts (laughs) at all this is just conversation you guys are listening you know (laughs) trust me I'm no expert on a scorpion but I caught one today all right so that's a yeah so you're a little bit of an expert a little win (laughs) I have a story to tell at least yeah glue traps people um so uh (laughs) but yeah so I feel like that the the consumer wanting this and is, is saying in a way that we the, the the camera the lens is taking away the human element and that it's more important to capture what happens to make it yeah, real exactly. and, than it yeah. actually being there do you feel that too yeah totally that's exactly what it's about it's 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 like trying to you're thinking you're doing maybe some people actually really think they're doing something good because of filming it and it's evidence in a way but it's it's of course that's important. But I think first of all, it's helping someone, you know, in a situation, you know, if, if there's a traffic accident, you should help instead of oh, I'm going to film this. You know, a lot of times people have to be uh, escorted away by police because they're interfering because there are like so many people around it doing nothing in the way of all the traffic and the ambulance even getting there. So that these kind of yeah strange situations will exist. And that's not exactly, of course, what the story is about, but it is only that we are only looking through our, through the lens to real life nowadays. And that's, yeah, that's a way, wrong way of using your mobile phone. Yeah. <laughs> I think. yeah. And it does, it does make us less, to me, I feel like the more, the more, te- yeah, the, the more technology maybe betrays our emotions. It makes us less human if, uh, in a way, because yeah. technology is, Again, everything's great. I love technology. I'm not blasting. Me too. It. I love it yeah, too. Don't get me yeah, wrong, but this is, this is the, no. But this is the dark side of it. Yeah, with yeah, the yeah. power, you have to have the discipline. That comes to everything. Absolutely. When you have the power, yes. and we have some serious power in our pockets with our phone or our purses or whatever we wherever you guys keep your phone, we have some serious power now, and we got to have the discipline and never forget that we are the humans. But I do really like this track, and I really like the. The message behind it, it got me thinking about a lot of things and um, especially entertainment because I feel when you segue into entertainment, modern day popular culture, 
where maybe we were more focused on the storytelling and the art aspect. When you take something like YouTube, that's really what it is. The entertainment factor yeah. is just a, Absolutely. a quick moment. Yeah. Do you f- yeah, it's also like, for instance, you have these shows, of course, like Idols and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. It's um, what, what disturbs me about those kind of programs is the fact that it's more about uh, the TV show than actually bringing uh, some uh, extra experience to the person and really trying to help them develop to become this artist they want to be or they are hoping to become one day. And uh, they show them everything on the platter and, uh, you know, without really experiencing what it is to write a song, to make the music, but just having a platform, just, okay, everybody, you know, they put out on the, on the television show. And what we had and before the, the whole idols thing that happened here in the Netherlands is you had the pre-shows, you know, like you have to audition. Mm-hmm. And that was the, probably the most, uh, you know, uh, the part that was most, most watched of all. Because there were a lot of people who couldn't sing or couldn't uh, perform that well or didn't fit the picture that people want to see uh, of artists sometimes, you know, because they don't, well, they just don't fit the picture. And how how, how the jury was going about these people, like, you know, with no respect, actually, really. And that was the most watched because they felt, you know, the audience, the people that were watching found that um, making them ridiculous, the, the funniest part of all. And... I hate these programs because I think that eventually uh, these, there are a lot of talented people who will participate. They don't really get a chance of really experimenting or finding out uh, what their, uh, you know, what their talent is because they're only put on the stage to sing or do something else. And after that, they just, well, a lot of times, a lot of times, these people are just there for a certain time and then they don't get the support they need to really get it, to make it out there. So it's, only for the for the television program eventually that's what it's all about so entertainment and not about developing music or a musician or an artist yeah and what that is 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 it's it's kind of a bully culture where it's like we want to bully someone from a distance but like not be face to face to them and by giving the show ratings we're telling we're telling again guys consumers if that's what you want hey it's that's that's fine but i'm I'm not saying anything that uh, negative but you're telling the people that make the program, this is what you want. So they're going to give you this bully culture. And that's kind of where I get confused and I can't like participate, you know? Um, And the silent voices, I think like what we're talking about, you're not going to see this on the social medias, you know, the silent voices that don't speak and just kind of don't participate, I think is a majority of a lot of us because I kind of grew up that way. It's like, Hey, if, if you don't have nothing nice to say, you don't say it at all. Right. But, yeah, totally. Absolutely. But, but being silent on things like this, do you think that there's also a negative effect because we kind of just accept it? I do. I think, and I think also that at a certain point we start to think that it's normal to do this kind of behavior, mm-hmm. and I think that's the wrong thing. I think that pe- people, I think as, as a TV program, you also have like the responsibility somehow of, well, you know, it's not responsibility because that sounds really. Like everybody, uh, you know, but in a way you do have a responsibility because there's a lot of kids watching and they think it's okay to be bullying people, talking to people, uh, ridiculing people like that and that it's normal. And it's not normal because I think a lot of times uh, people who are different and who are not especially, you know, they need support. They always be, will be picked on somehow because they always will stand out somehow, but never in a positive way most of the times. Uh, and, 
you know, uh, th there's also a, a part of uh, them who actually accepts that they're very different and aren't afraid of it. And I think that's the most beautiful thing. I think we should support them more than, you know, because then they will be more confident. And, you know, I think everybody who is different from the majority, the gray majority that we're living in, will bring eventually some beautiful color to us. And, well, well you can learn so much, you know, and, and that's that's the pity side of it, that you don't see the beauty uh, of the, the majority, the, the certain group that is uh, different from the rest of society. Yes, that's perfect. And and back to just to, to go back around, with power, there's discipline. The lens on the camera that you're choosing to do that instead of a human or the million-dollar television show, if you're acting totally. the same way... It's the same result. With that power, there's a discipline. That, that, And again, I think that if you use it correctly, like you said, a program, I feel you can get the same ratings. It's just cheap and it's just easy. And we're, we've been, Yeah, it's easy. We've yeah, been totally. taught. Yeah, we've been taught that, right? I mean, through the generations. I go back to, in American culture, we had all these talk shows where the point of the show was with the Jerry Springers, and I don't know if yeah, you're oh, familiar horrible. with all those. The point of the show was just to you know bash, bash people right. yeah and then hopefully right? get them in a fist fight yeah, yeah totally and these were huge and through that i think the generations like this has just been taught to be like if i can watch somebody on a team uh, on a tv from a distance i can feel better than them and therefore i can get confidence and feel better about myself but yeah totally that's... Well, well that's what i liked very much about oprah because mm. she was i think one of the first for us at least that we could watch here in the netherlands uh, to see someone who is um, trying to talk about a problem, uh, sa find a solution instead of that people would go on a fist fight with each other. And she was very, uh, she was contributing in a positive way, you know, addressing certain problems, talking about it. And I think she was, of course, super, super um, uh, uh, popular eventually. And and she became such a big person, uh, you know, uh, um, I mean, like for, for everyone, because she brought so much positivity in a way, and we learned so much from it in a way also. And in, in comparison to a Jerry Springer, for instance, uh, which is only bashing. And so I think that was there was there was also a development in TV culture. I think in a way. Yeah, and and if and and what is a perfect example is that the most popular talk show host I think of all time is Oprah. Did yeah. the positive approach, did things in in a good way, and people, the consumer again, embraced that more than the other um and yeah. so that should teach us as a as an entertainment industry um about what we're putting out there you know in, in general like if you want to be the best you have to have the confidence of someone like oprah to be like i'm gonna follow my path and i'm gonna do something right opposed to yeah, totally. the, the yeah. cheap thrills man uh it, that's such a and i and it's such a great example of, of what you're talking about who do you think in modern times i don't know and I don't want to be negative now, but who is like an Oprah in modern times? Because do you think that that's kind of gone to the wayside? I know she's still an active person in the industry, but she's not uh, as as prominent, I guess. Do you think that it's just um, more Jerry Springers well, these days? No, I, you have uh, Ellen DeGeneres, right? I think she's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, she, she, so I think she addresses also certain things. And but uh, But I think Oprah was really uh, even going further than that. Uh, that's my opinion. At least uh, I didn't see Ellen DeGeneres uh, lately, so mm -hmm. I'm not sure if I'm accurate on that. So, but uh, what I, um, if I have to compare the two, I think that uh, Oprah was more um, discussing anything that came on the table, you know, and 
and she wasn't afra afraid of addressing anything. I don't probably Ellen isn't either, but uh, I feel that opera was really an inspiration for everyone in every country because also in co in countries like mine, um, you know, we had a follow up of a, a Oprah kind of uh, t you know TV programs, and so she was an inspiration to a lot of people and. Uh, so I have Dutch examples here because everybody is still more or less making those kind of programs. But I can't remember a new person in America actually doing the same thing that she did. Actually, there was no follow up from really from Oprah, I think, yeah. to my opinion. But maybe you can tell me otherwise. <laughs> no, I think Ellen is probably you're completely right. That's probably the follow up. But it's 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 a little different. I feel it's safer. Yeah, I think that there was a lot yeah, of challenges. Safer. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. That Oprah was doing, I completely agree with that. And um, as an entertainer, though, I love to talk about this stuff. You know, I do. Like um, a lot of us, like that have the dream, that have that career. You know, um, there's got to be a moment, right, in your career or in everybody's career that they realized, I'm gonna follow this. I have the confidence and I have the passion to to actually achieve something with this. When did you feel that moment or have that moment in your career? Um. Well, I, I, I think we've always had a very, um, we already knew, uh, somehow we just knew which direction to take. And, you know, from the start, actually, we did uh, believe in our own music because we said, like, okay, we don't want to, we would like to sign up with a record company, but we're going to keep our jobs beside because we know it's going to be difficult to get our music out there. It's a, it's maybe a niche, maybe it isn't, but uh, at the moment it is a niche and we're just going to go for our music and just make it the way we want to without any any um but they didn't want to compensate on any level so and we found a record company that's that suited that with that idea of making music and we were not relying on uh, making money or earning a lot of money with our music we just did and eventually we you know it was a hobby how we started uh, 25 years ago almost and nowadays we can live from it but also i think because we always did what we believed in and i think that's one of if if there's people out there who are listening and wanting to start a band i think that's the most important thing you can bring to the table is your own identity and uh, and you know uh, something from yourself that you really believe in and that's actually all you really need you need to be adding something to the scene that you you love to make music for of uh, the kind of music you want to make but yeah you have to really stand by it and feel your well your compass has to be in the right direction <laughs> absolutely and that's a that's a great advice to everybody because you have to i've always said it you can't love another person until you love yourself and then when you learn to love yourself you're going to bring something original to the table because you're going to find yeah, something about good. yourself that you're like, you know, I really like that about me. I don't see other people like that. And then the artistry becomes connected because there's a lot of people out there like you, you know, <laughs> it's just not in the vicinity, oh. you know? Yeah, totally. I think that there's a lot of people um, who may not always dare to, to do what they believe in, but they have the qualities and they have the talents. And yeah, hopefully they will uh, eventually say, I'm just going to do it. It's just, yeah, put every, all the all the things aside that that's making you stop and <laughs> just go for it. Absolutely. And do you recommend though? And I I do as well. But I'm just you know from your recommendation. Do you think that starting off maybe like you said like it's a hobby and having a backup plan is also important? Um, in yeah, modern most culture. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Because you know music, you know it's it's so such a ungrabbable thing. What will be a success or not? You know, and success is not 
the, shouldn't be your goal. Your goal should be should be to make beautiful beautiful music that you like, especially you. It doesn't care. <laughs> I wrote most of these songs, especially for myself. It's not for anyone else. And eventually, it's a, the biggest compliment you can get if other people can identify themselves with it. And yeah, you know, and like the music you're making. But that's not shouldn't be. Um, I think if that's your aim, that everybody will like it, you won't be original in a way because probably it's somebody else doing the same thing out there as well. And as long as you do something that you like, it could be also something that's already out there. But then, you know, then you have to add something extra to it to, to um, well, to stand out from the crowd still, you know. So you still have to be creative. Yeah, and that comes from, uh, in, if uh, again, I don't know, I, I feel like that comes from being an individual and embracing those parts of you that are different. Because you're right, a lot of popular music a lot of times is just going to mimic something that is successful you know but that doesn't yeah, have totally. lo- longevity really i mean no no, uh, no. and the music is, is very uh, ungrabbable and that's how yes mm-hmm. that's a tra- translation from from dutch <laughs> i know it's a hard way to say it in english but it's you can't grab it music is mm-hmm. like like a painting that one moment you know they say uh, I, if i would compare it to something really ugly uh, because if i say this in a metal band everybody's like, Ugh, fashion but fashion is the same way it's crazy when it comes and it's crazy when it goes. It's you know, it is only um, so you can't make it for the moment that it's really popular. You can only make it because you like it, and then it will stay. Then it will be, and then eventually, even if it doesn't become uh, the success that you maybe also hope for, it's still in the end something you're proud of because you like it, and that's for, first of all your your main goal, of course. So, and then then you won't have a problem if it doesn't become a success. I also, I think. Absolutely no. That's and that's it. You get confidence from saying I'm going to do something and then just achieving it. That's how we yeah, totally. we gain <laughs> confidence as as kids. I remember being like a kid and playing little league baseball, and there was like, you know, one guy on third and two outs, and I'm like, I can't win this game. And then I hit a base hit, and the guy scored. I'm like, and I get to like <laughs> base number one. And I'm like, wow, I just did that. Hey, I can do yeah. that. It's that simple. I just put myself in a situation where hey, either I I sink or swim. And then every time you swim you gain a little bit of confidence as a person so i feel that with arts even if it's not successful to a monetary gain if you say hey i want to put out a record and i want to write a song and you do it achievement alone and that's why those idol shows bother me it's like hey they're out there trying to sing i would never do that you know i don't don't have the confidence yeah exactly i've I've been asked to be a host on those several Mm. times but i just i can't i can't do it because of that reason and um it's it's because I think if you do something, the only things I do in TV programs here in the Netherlands or anywhere else in Europe anyway, is uh, when I feel that it's real, well, you know, I will do something that is close to me and that that, that, that will fit who I am and not uh, something that I can't support. So I think that's always should always be the, the reason why I do or do not do something that's, you know, it, it could benefit, of course, uh, the name that you have and people will, will recognize you sooner. But on the other hand, if it will uh, make sure that you feel less good about yourself, never do it. Absolutely. With power, there's discipline. When did you, when did you realize that um, you guys have this power and this kind of influence and that you have to be careful with what you're representing when you kind of, uh, at what stage of your career you're like, okay, we have to pay attention so we don't send out the wrong message to our fan base? I guess also because we started, of course, in, when we started, we ma- were making more or less, uh, I call it doom metal. Everybody called it gothic metal. But mm. uh, we started more as a, a doom folk band. 
and um, and you feel already when you are bringing out your first album, a lot of people are like, okay, I hope you know become commercial. I hope you. So you're aware of that immediately. Although I never thought of that myself ever, uh, even listening to other bands because I'm a very I like a lot of music, uh, from reggae to classical, anything in between. But I chose this because it comes close to what I what I feel, and that's the heavy music that I love. Um, so, but but people were always telling us, don't don't sell yourselves out. And I was like, why would I sell myself out? And it immediately started us thinking about those kind of things. Although we're very much in the underground, and you know, uh, our first album uh, sold like I think. 40,000 uh, at, at that time, or 30,000, I don't, I don't know uh, exactly, in the Benelux only when we released it. And uh, so that is not even that such a big success, but it was an underground success. And um, that people would think that we would do that was like strange to me. It's like, I, I don't understand it. And then I started eventually thinking about, okay, uh, you know, uh, what kind of choices should I make? And because of the fact that they said it, it was, I found it very negative in a way because it never crossed my mind to do something like that. And the other hand was um, um, that I think that it did make me realize, okay, I have to be really careful with the choice of me, and I don't want to be led by other people. I just want to make my own choices. If it's a record company, but also fans, I just want to do my own thing, because that makes me happy. Absolutely, and that, I think that's such a, a, a testament to you guys as a band and your success is that you've always followed it sounds like your heart and you know your heart before maybe your mind sometimes i don't know if that yeah maybe not always the right choice not always uh, because we yeah (laughs) we could have made uh, you know uh, bigger steps or somehow but uh, you know i don't yeah i'm happy now with the road that we took and you know i'm not not uh i'm really happy that where we are now nowadays also although our music has changed in those 25 years a lot, you know, from where we started and what kind, the kind of music that we're making today, it did change a lot in between. And but every step that we did and every uh, road we took it felt good. Yeah, but you changed as a human being, correct? So uh, your music should change. I, I, that's the yeah, way you I grow see up. It. You grow up a little bit. You got you got to be challenge yourselves and do those things. That's what's so important about that. Now, one thing I did want to touch on before I let you go, every, every, everybody, one more time, I just want you guys to know, Entertain You is a single that's out right now within Temptation, guys. They just put it out. Great track. If you guys didn't pick up Resist, it's only a, a year and a couple months old, but fantastic record. Highly recommend you guys <laughs> check that out. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the song with Anders. You guys came out here to the States with Inflames. Uh, man, was it? Yeah, we did. A year ago? I can't believe. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was a while like, back. Uh, no, just, yeah, a year ago. A I little bit more a than ago. a year ago. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the track with Anders on on the, on the Resist is, is a highlight for me. You guys have been opening the tour, if I remember with it, uh, at least the tour that we were that was out here. But um, one thing I did want to touch on is we're talking about touring. I try not to talk a lot about the current quarantine situation in interviews because I'm a positive person. I know we'll make it out of this pretty well. But you guys have a big tour lined up with Evanescence. I think a lot of people are excited for that in the UK and Europe. I know it's been postponed, I believe, till the fall. What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on on that today? Well, it is postponed, but we aren't allowed to do big events. In the Netherlands, it, they said, the government said, there aren't going to be no big events or festivals or anything. Uh, also with music, uh, the venues that we play at. Um, won't There can't be more than 100 people together at one time until the end of August. So, And we start at the 1st of September. Mm. 
So unless there will be uh, a medicine or a vaccine uh, very soon that can be produced very soon, because I heard some good news yesterday, but, you know, it will take a lot of testing and I'm not sure if they're going to make it in time. I probably, probably they won't make it on time. That's the most realistic uh, scenario. But, you know, you want to hope something and I hope eventually, you know, um, if it gets, we will get uh, postponed, we'll recancel it again, of course. But that's something, um, yeah, I really hope won't happen. But the chances are quite big, I think. And yeah, in, in all fairness, like nobody knew the scale, I think, at any time. I think we still don't know the scale today or, you know, the time frame no. of all that stuff. So I felt September, I was like, oh, that's totally fine. Not a problem. And then now it's like <laughs> 10 weeks we're later and we're like, oh, wait a second. This is still going on. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, and, no. and, and so uh, I really felt that at the time. But again, I kind of live in the moment. So I, I don't have this, I kind of live in the present. So I don't have this future view. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it should figure, figure itself out. But um, with that, the tour, though, so many people are excited about you, you two bands co-headlining together. Um, I think regardless, just to keep it positive, if it gets postponed again or canceled or whatever, as long as you guys make that tour happen in the UK, in that area, and then come to the States, that's what I want. Um, you guys, <laughs> you know, I think the fans will be happy. Obviously, as long as we don't just scrap it all together, we'll be fine. And, and is there any no, talks no. of that? Or you guys are gung-ho on making this thing happen? Well, we are very much, uh, yeah, we really want to make this happen. We really want to do this tour, and we're really very much looking forward to it. I have contact with Amy also, and, you know, we talk about these things. It's, it's really important to make it happen. Also, because I think... Um, well, it's you know for the we have a lot of similar fans, mm-hmm. I guess, and to have two bands that um, that you like so much, you know, to have them on one bill uh, during such a tour, you know, it's going to be. Uh, I think that if I would be a viewer or a listener or a fan of both bands, I would love to have this happening, you know. So it's um, so I can you know I can't wait for it. I really really am looking looking forward to it, and uh, eventually it will happen. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yes. It's going to be a highlight for all his fans when that tour happens. It will. And, and that's for sure. Because like you said, there's a lot of crossover fans, a lot of people that would love to see both bands together on the same stage and all that. And I, I did hear you, I think, um, talk about the stage show that you guys are going all out on, on that tour whenever it does happen. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's totally. exciting as well. <laughs> that's exciting. Your stage show has been bigger and bigger and bigger. So I'm, I'm really excited to see what you guys do put together. Uh, on that co-headlining tour when it when it does take place and that's that's the way i see it as long as it's in the future the future will be fine we can we can take the break as long as we want here um for the health of of the world and all that so with that sharon i I already passed my 30 minutes i know we started on scorpions and we went out all over the place but (laughs) i gotta tell you i'm still scared i'm gonna enter my house i'm still scared yeah i can imagine (laughs) (laughs) i I could uh, you know Remove those spots a little bit with, with this interview, hopefully. So uh. absolutely, no, a hundred percent. So I want to one more time. I want to tell everybody: make sure you guys are picking up, entertain you, supporting within temptation, guys, during this time, and looking for if the tour dates get scheduled, those rescheduled tour dates. But uh, uh, with that, I want to thank you so much, Sharon, for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. You're most welcome. Thank you very much. I learned a lot of, also about scorpions now. So <laughs> <laughs> if you see one, just go, just go. It, it bit my mom. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Oh my god. That's, well, yeah. uh, I hope she gets better soon. Don't be mistaken. Your bloody time's up. This ain't no game when I. This ain't no 
Metal Sucks Podcast.
Metal Sucks Podcast. 500 years ago when I was born I crawled from the womb with a drinking horn I held it to the sky in my tiny metal hand I got real drunk before I could stand Well, ever since that day, I followed the code of stealing all your Nothing more to say Let's drink and party The ale storm way 
All right, guys, and we are back. First song you heard, the standalone single. They just released the video as well, guy. That's Entertain You by Within Temptation. Make sure you guys are, are picking up the single and checking out the video. Really cool, really well done. Second song you heard is off their last record, Resist. It came out about a year and a half ago. Fantastic record. That is with Anders from In Flames. That track is called Raise Your Banner. And the last song you heard is from Ailstorm. Their latest record, Curse of the Crystal Coconut, is out now. Now, that track is Treasure Chest Party Quest. Guys, make sure you check out the video. A lot of fun. The record's a blast. So make sure you guys are checking out that record. With that, I want to thank everybody out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old iTunes. We really, really appreciate you guys taking the time just to click that five-star for us. It means the world to us. We put a lot of effort in there. And that's all we ask for you guys. So I want to thank you guys so much for that. Also, want to thank you guys so much for supporting our other podcast, Rise to Offend, the documentary podcast. This week... I promise we will be finishing part two of two on Dave Brocky from Guar. We'll be doing the documentary and telling the story of the great Dave Brocky. So make sure if you guys are interested in that to be checking us out. But we've done many, many metal and punk artists. So go back, rise to offend.com and check that out. And with that, everybody stay safe out there. We will talk to you next week. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.